Harder then. We've tried bleach, comet, scrubbing bubbles. I'm out of ideas. Ah, ah, hello. Didn't see you there. Sorry, Sabretooth Guy and I are still cleaning up following our paranormal infestation last week. Ectoplasm simply everywhere. Really sticky stuff. Beginning to think I'll have to call my friends at Sudbusters, see if they know what to do about it. Anyway. The ride vehicles are clear. Turns out the genuine Saskatchewan sealskin bindings wipe clean without any effort. Another benefit outside of durability, comfort, and sweet Canadian styling. Go ahead and climb aboard whenever you're ready. Oh, don't be spooked. The ghosts are long gone. Made sure of that. Just the normal collection of... things? Yes. Well, anyway. Comfy? Good! Away we go! You are a modern man, and you want to smell good as you go about your day, your life, your nightlife. We are here for you. We are Smash Cologne. The system is simple. You get up in the morning, you get ready for work. You get out of the shower. You get dressed to go out at night. Whatever the occasion, you look in the mirror, grab a bottle of smash cologne, break it over your head, and let the scent wrench you in power, love, sex, and success. You can buy smash cologne by the bottle, by the week, or by the month. There's no other choice to make. There's only one scent, and that's all of them, all at once, in the convenient pint-sized candy glass bottles that evaporate upon breaking and making contact with the open air. You simply smash everyone you meet Everyone you sit near, everyone you get within 20 yards of will know you're a smash man. What's more, smash is so powerful, it's guaranteed to kill all insects and stun all small animals within 15 feet, keeping your personal space firm and free. And now, for the ladies, introducing Smash Perfume. The same overwhelming scent experience we've always offered to men, now available for women. 
one smash, and you can live the same scent-filled life as the man on your arm. Let everyone know beyond a doubt that you're a smash couple. Mr. Dark here, taking a moment to announce that with 10 episodes out in the world, reviews have started coming in. I'd like to take a moment and share some with you in celebration of this important milestone. Faithful listener Stephanie from Killeen, Texas says, Doesn't give me a migraine like most shows. That's wonderful, Stephanie. Keep listening. Jonathan from Long Beach says, I have no idea what I'm listening to. I guess it's okay. Excellent. I suppose. Tarina from Milwaukee wrote in to say, At least he stopped the politics stuff. I was ready to vomit. A positive change, certainly. Baba Bowie from New York, I'm not sure that's a real name, says, I don't listen. The whole thing sounds stupid. Talk about true crime like a real podcast. Yes, well, get a real name like a real person. John, also from New York, oh dear, says, bring back the politics, otherwise it's okay, I guess. Dark is still a fat ass, though. Now look here. You New York types aren't exactly easy to get along with, are you? Dean, from my hometown of Independence, Missouri, writes to say, when are you going to help with my podcast, you lazy bastard? Stop playing with your carnival and make with the production stuff, clown shoes. Okay, well, that's enough reviews for now. Maybe go leave us one on Apple if they've managed to make us searchable yet. If not, I don't know, tell a friend, as long as they're not from New York. Maybe don't tell anyone from New York. Whoa, what happened to your car? Well... I went to go pick up my cousin Earl because he'd been drinking. He bought a couple of goats because he'd been drinking. We put the goats in the back seat because they was small. Then Earl starts yakking all over the front seat. That scared the goats and it turns out they're those screaming goats. So they started screaming and firing off their back ends all over the back seat. The screaming scared me and you know that RV park off of 75? I drove through the fence into the tank where they empty their septics, so that's what's all over the outside of it. Man, you'd better call Sudbusters. How many times has this happened to you? Not often, I hope. I mean, where do you even get miniature screaming goats? I know this sounds like one of my funny little commercial parodies, but this is a real deal commercial for a very real company. Sudbusters Mobile Wash is an incredible company here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area that will come out and solve any car mess you've got. Recently, a rider had a Technicolor yawn in my backseat and turned it into a modern art nightmare. The wonderful folks at Sudbusters had me a quote and an appointment first thing in the morning, and by afternoon, the interior of my car looked like it just rolled off the assembly line. I'm not kidding. Not only was the mess gone, the entire interior was as spotless as the day I bought it, and it's an eight-year-old car with thousands of rideshare rides. Sudbusters doesn't just clean up major messes. 
They can handle any exterior or interior detailing you need from a car all the way up to an RV and they come to you anywhere in the DFW area. They'll give you a speedy quote before you make an appointment and the price is fair and reasonable. And this is a small business run by great people, not some corporation trying to exploit employees for pennies. Contact Sudbusters today at sudbusterswash.com or at 469-588-4004 and get your quote right now. Don't you deserve to have a car that looks as good as the day you bought it? Get Sudbusters out to your home or business today. Sudbusterswash.com. Again, that's sudbusterswash.com or 469-588-4004. Tell them Mr. Dark sent you. This true story isn't exactly paranormal, but I've never told it in public and I thought it might be entertaining. My father was a bricklayer for the first part of my life. A very good one, in fact. I'd watch him create actual works of art with a tuck-pointing hawk. That's the tool bricklayers use to smooth the mortar between bricks, for those of you in Pleasant Hill. And simple brick mortar. Doing this basic move while laying bricks quickly and efficiently took great skill, and he was simply one of the best. One time, the company he worked for had landed the job restoring a mausoleum at one of the historic cemeteries in Kansas City. It could have been Elmwood or Mount St. Mary's, but Elmwood is the top candidate due to the number of large mausoleums holding Kansas City elites from the past. I had remembered it being J.C. Penney's mausoleum, but just discovered he's buried in the Bronx, so that can't be it. I remember it was very large, partially in a hill, as this is key to the story. He was working this job with his best friend Gordy, who featured in the possible Bigfoot encounter story I told on a previous episode. At one point, my dad was outside on the hill working on the exterior, while Gordy was inside working on the interior. My dad needed Gordy for something and spotted a vent pipe leading down into the mausoleum. He leaned over to it and shouted for Gordy to come outside. A few moments later, Gordy did, pale as a ghost. My dad asked what was wrong, and Gordy said he heard some weird moaning voice calling his name. My dad died laughing and told him about the pipe. They took turns going inside and trying the pipe. It apparently gave a great effect when you shouted down into it, echoing down into the inside of the empty stone tomb. A few days later, they needed to hire some temporary help to get the job done, and hired on my Uncle Marv. Marv was married to my Aunt Peewee, my dad's sister. Marv was a gentle giant. Not the smartest guy in the world, but a very sweet guy who always had a goofy grin on his face. Very soft-spoken, but he was a mountain. A gorilla, minus most of the hair. Just a massive dude. He was between jobs and was good at manual labor because, well, the human mountain thing... Marv, like most construction workers of the era, this would have been the late 70s, was very superstitious. My dad and Gordy knew this and decided to have a bit of fun one day at Marv's expense. They meant no harm, but as I said during the Bigfoot story, they were basically 12-year-old boys in 30-something bodies. They told Marv they were going to go get lunch, took his order, and jumped in their truck. They drove a little way down the road and parked. Now, Marv was a little nervous being left alone inside the big, empty mausoleum as it was, 
but my dad and Gordy snuck back down the gravel road to the top of the mausoleum where it met the hill and climbed over to the vent pipe on their bellies so they'd be undetected. I think Gordy was the one who did the voice. My dad may have chimed in, but Gordy was the voice guy. Marv, we're coming for you, Marv, or something to that effect. Within seconds, Marv, Man Mountain Marv, came rocketing out of that mausoleum, made a beeline to his truck, slammed the door, and peeled gravel straight out of that cemetery. He did not come back. My dad and Gordy died of laughter at first, but when time passed and Marv didn't come back, they knew they'd stepped in it. When my dad got home that night, Pee Wee called. Marv quit. He'd not be returning to that cemetery ever under any circumstances. He'd nearly had a heart attack. Pee Wee, knowing her little snot of a brother, had suspicions, I think, but didn't voice them. My dad told us what had happened, but swore us to silence. He made it clear. If Marv found out what they'd done, he'd kill them. Murder them. As sweet as the guy was, he had a temper, and being humiliated like that would be too much. Marv would twist their arms off and beat them to death with them. To my knowledge, Marv died without ever finding out. So did his wife, Pee-wee. My dad died without ever telling anyone. Gordy's still out there somewhere, but at this point I think the statute of limitations has passed on every bit of his tomfoolery. But that's the tale of the time my dad and Gordy nearly scared my Uncle Marv to death by pretending to be ghosts at a real deal mausoleum. Everyone come to order? This hearing will come to order. This begins the questioning by this committee of Facebook counsel John Kendricks regarding the handling of dangerous extremists and violent actors on their service. We'll start with the gentleman from South Carolina, Mr. Jenkins. Thank you, Chairman. Now, Mr. Kendricks, I'm aware of Facebook and its parent company, Meta, making efforts to curtail the actions of the more extreme groups and individuals on its service. What do you have to say regarding these efforts? We've issued tens of millions of temporary account bans and deleted posts and comments that violated our terms of service and community guidelines, protecting our users from violent threats, racist content, and other extremist content. You're referring to what's commonly called Facebook jail, correct? <laughs> yes, some people do call it that. You've provided this committee with a database of these bans and the content that caused them, correct? Yes, we have in response to your subpoena. I'd like to read a few of these to you, Mr. Kendricks. Here's one from a Tyrone Davis in Pittsburgh accompanying a photo of him at a party. It says, I'm about to blow up this party. And that gained him a three-day ban on Facebook. Yeah, clearly a terroristic threat. We blocked that threat to set off an explosive device at a party. Okay, uh, and here's one from a gentleman in Texas in reply to a meme showing various situations with parents. Commenting on one showing two people with strollers, he said, if I was in one of these, it'd be fat man attempts to kidnap a toddler. Now, in what possible way is that a threat? Well, I mean, 
This man is obviously a pedophile who is planning to kidnap toddlers. Congressman, I'm not sure what the question is. Well, the question is, how does blocking these innocent comments protect anyone? Well, I mean, the answer is they're clearly not innocent, and by not reading them, we're keeping violence from happening. Not reading a comment doesn't keep violence from happening, Mr. Kendrick. Of course it does. It's no different than hiding under your blankets as a kid. The monsters do not get you if you don't see them. These are the rules, Congressman. I don't make them. Uh, look, M Mr. Kendricks, okay, let, let's address this from the other direction. Your algorithms are capturing innocent users, but they're bypassing bad actors who use simple wordplay to fool their lackluster programming. I have no idea what you mean. Here, here for example, a simple search shows this Facebook group, White Power. No, no. Now that word is W-H, the number one, the letter T, the number three, then the second word is the letter P, the number zero, the letter W, the number three again, then an R. That's just total gibberish. I have no idea what that is. They're, they're just using different characters of the alphabet instead of letters. It says white power. That's a racist statement. Okay, maybe in Venusian or some other alien language. I speak English like a good American, Mr. Jenkins. <laughs> Sheesh. Uh, you see the same thing here. Kill and then the N-word, which I am not going to say out loud. I mean, <laughs> that's more gibberish. K-1-L-L-N-1-G-G-3-R. It's just gobbledygook. You want algorithms to read junk like that? We program our algorithms to catch terrorists like Tyrone Davis there, blowing up parties, not whoever is running this gibberish group. Okay, uh, how about this one? Let's see if this suits your fancy. All hail Hitler, our leader who we love. We want to kill all Jews with a one replacing the I in Hitler and kill. And, well, no, they didn't even really change anything in Jews. That's just right out there. Come on, explain this. Mr. Kendricks, we, I, I, we need an answer. Okay. Excuse me. Okay. No habla English? Now, Mr. Kendrick, we've been conversing in English for some time now. We know you speak it. Okay? This is the last spin on the ride before October, and I often get asked to recommend horror films, so I thought this would be a good time to break out a good old-fashioned top 10 list. In this case, my top 10 recommendations of horror films for this Halloween season. When asked, I often say, get Shudder and just start watching. And that's a pretty safe recommendation. Shudder's selection is hard to beat. No, I'm not sponsored by them, although I should be. They're just that good. Therefore, these recommendations can all be found over there, although some can be found elsewhere, either on other services or via direct purchase. But it's $6 a month, and with a newly available app for Samsung Smart TVs, it's difficult to beat all 10 of these selections for around the price of a latte. I offer these in no particular order, 
and they are also not an exception of other titles. Shudder has many classics that are must-sees. I'm trying to include films on this list that you might have overlooked or that fit this season in particular. I mean, I can't tell you don't watch the Hellraiser movies, don't watch the Halloween movies. If you don't know that, why are you asking for horror movie recommendations? Go watch those. To kick things off, a new acquisition for the service, the long out-of-print Lady in White. For years, you had to buy an international DVD if you wanted a copy of this lost classic, but now Shudder has a high-def digital transfer. An odd little film, it looks and feels rather like a TV movie from the period in many ways, but this 1988 shocker definitely wouldn't fit on broadcast at the time. A retro ghost story about growing up in the Northeast in the 1950s, the edge comes from a serial killer raping and killing children in the area for over a decade, now pursued by a nine-year-old played by Lucas Haas. Things get dark, much darker than you expect in a kid's movie, and by the time everything is resolved, you'll be looking for Stephen King's name in the credits. It's not there, but his spirit haunts the film as much as the spirits of the dead. Ginger Snaps would be the best werewolf movie ever made if it weren't for dog soldiers, but even then, the two are so completely different, it's hard to compare them. Ginger Snaps is about two sisters who are very strange, very morbid, and are suddenly growing apart. It's an analogy, a fable, and it isn't. What it is, is perfect, absolutely perfect. From the script and direction to the soundtrack to ferocious performances from Emily Perkins and Catherine Isabel to the effects to everything. It's perfect. While we're here, Emily Perkins should have been in everything since this film and hasn't, and that's a crime. Fix it. Everyone knows Clyde Barker from Hellraiser, and those movies are here, but I'm going to talk about his best movie, Nightbreed. Shudder has the director's cut. Thought lost after the studio forced cuts to the running time that dramatically altered the story of the film, the footage was recovered and restored decades after the film was released, and now we have it to enjoy. The tale of the Nightbreed really bridges the two phases of Barker's work. His, quote, days as a bloodletter, writing hardcore horror, and his later work as a dark fantasist, doing less horrific but more imaginative work closer to Neil Gaiman than Splatterpunk. The incredible creature creations and deep lore are on display here, but the blood runs by the barrels in the tale of Boone and his transition from the human world to become Cabal, leader of the breed. It's a masterpiece, and it shouldn't be missed. Even if you've seen the original, you've got to check out the director's cut because the entire tone of the film, including the critical ending, have been changed. You've got to see this. The convent is different for this list because it's not scary in the least. It's hilarious. Big-ass spider director Maniac Mike Mendez got his start with this hysterical horror comedy featuring Adrian Barbeau as a shotgun-wielding badass on a motorcycle mowing down demonic day-glow nuns. Need more? Wannabe Satanists named Saul and Dickie Boy trying to be evil, but then trying not to be virgins so they won't be sacrificed. Still more, Bill Mosley and Coolio as cops thinking it's all a weed ring. It's silly, it's stupid, and it's just really, really good. I've never met anybody I've shown this movie to who didn't love it. On the complete opposite side of things, The Dark and the Wicked is a mean-spirited little movie that knows you watch horror movies and will use that against you. 
It wants to hurt you. It wants to see you suffer. It will do everything in its power to do that, up to and including using your own expectations, hopes, and feelings against you. Have a Disney movie ready to watch after this one. You're going to need to cleanse the mental palate because it wants nothing more than to deal you as much damage as it can. I've warned you, and I'm serious. For an American movie, this one packs a serious punch. Have you ever been terrified by a documentary? If you watch The Nightmare, you will be. Looking into the phenomenon of sleep paralysis from every angle, Rodney Asher has created a film that is both an exhaustive documentary and a terrifying horror film at the same time, mixing testimony of victims with dramatized recreations of episodes. The fact that everything is real makes it 50 times scarier. Found footage movies have been done and done and done and done until they're just all played out. But if you haven't seen the taking of Deborah Logan, you haven't seen everything they can do. The folks behind this one know you're sick of found footage and are ready to use that against you. You won't be bored, and you aren't ready. It's a fantastic movie. The Void mixes the best of Lovecraft with the best of Clive Barker and David Cronenberg and blends it into a hellish smoothie that's entirely fresh and unexpected. A very low-budget, crowdsourced indie and there's not one minute that feels like it. What starts as a simple cult thriller keeps upping the stakes in a spiral of horror that never seems to end. I saw this in the theater three times, and I never got tired of it. It's a fantastic movie. The Brotherhood of the Wolf is part horror, part action, part romance, part martial arts, and 120% awesome. French director Christophe Gahn reaches his career peak here with this director's cut complete edition that takes the real-life legend of the Beast of Gavaldan and goes completely nuts with it. You have no idea what you're in for when you watch this movie, I guarantee, because there's no other movie like it. Given that the real-life Beast of Gavaldan was very likely a real-deal, actual, no-horse-crap-whatsoever werewolf that slaughtered dozens in the French countryside and was never verified as killed, and this movie takes that story and makes it crazier, you know you're in for an extremely wild ride. And again, this is the complete edition. If you ever saw the two-hour-and-under edition, no, 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 this is the real deal. This is a totally different movie than that one. Watch this one. Finally, The Endless comes to us from that magic duo, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. Any of their films are a good choice, but this is my favorite of their output. Lately, they've been adapting the best of the comic run of Moon Knight for Marvel, so I'm not sure how many of these incredible indie horror films we'll see from them in the future. It's hard to describe a Moorhead and Benson film without just explaining it, so suffice to say, two brothers decide to return to the cult they grew up in and escaped from, and things get weird. There you go. Now go watch it. And that's ten. Overall, go subscribe to Shudder and just start watching. I've hardly watched them all, and who knows how many gems I haven't seen. Out of the ones I have that they still have on the service, these are my suggestions. I mourn the recent loss of A Tale of Two Sisters, the finest Korean horror film ever made. A true tragedy as nobody else has it. It's not even available for purchase. 
But happy watching, my friends, and happy Halloween. Welcome back. What? Not terribly funny this week? Well, they can't all be laugh riots. Perhaps the specters of last week brought down the Creatomatic. I wonder, could it be susceptible to outside emotional influence? A curious question. A question for another day, certainly, as that concludes the ride for this week. Thank you ever so much for stopping by. We shall see you in two weeks, yes? Until then, do watch out for ghosts and other haints, because life is a dark ride. These are the credits. Don't skip them. These people are important. Everything not listed here, written, created, produced, and otherwise the responsibility of Mr. Dark. All rights reserved 2022 for This is a Dark Production Company. All sound effects and background music from the excellent artists at Pixabay. All licenses on hand. Podcast logo by Evangelist Designs. Thanks, Jimmy. Company logo by Designs That Kill. Thanks, Laura and Tyler. Find us on social media at Dark Prod Co. on Facebook and Twitter. And contact us via email at darkproductionco at gmail.com. That's D-A-R-K production C-O at gmail.com. Find us there. You get it. This is a dark podcast.